The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Ooh, what a good show we have. So excited for everything that we're going to be talking about. I'm just feeling in a really grateful mood this week. Let's let's make the theme of this week gratitude. I'm grateful for the very top of this show. You might have noticed in the last few weeks of this podcast we do have a new-ish theme song. For about five years, we had a theme song for Break the Business that was some stock garage band royalty music, and I liked it. It was nice. It was fun. It's how people came to know us. And then the last couple months, we really got to modernize our music operation to the theme music we have now. And I don't know if I've ever fully given credit to the person who gave us that theme music. Jonathan Mann, incredible indie artist, goes on Twitter as Songaday Manny is the Guinness World Record holder for most consecutive days writing a song. And one of the songs that he wrote on that consecutive day streak is the Break the Business theme that you just heard at the top of the show there. So thank you so much, Jonathan Mann. Uh, don't express my gratitude to him enough for just putting a really terrific song together. That is really, really catchy. I will be humming it around the house and, uh, people don't know what I'm singing about because, uh, you can only really hear the song here on this podcast. Speaking of folks, I am grateful for that. I do not think get the love that they deserve around here, mainly because I don't mention them nearly enough. And that's, that's criminal on my part. I'll bring her out here so y'all can thank her as well. Our producer, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Hello, sir. That was so sweet. Well, I thought about it because last week I was doing my standard, like, rat-a-tat-tat machine gun thank yous to the co-hosts and the guests and everything. And then right when the stream ended, I, like, smacked myself forehead like I could have had a V8 kind of frustration with myself. Because I didn't thank you, Lauren, our producer. Right, they don't see me. I know, but I see you, and and a lot of people do see you because you often do uh, pop in as the co-host and give me somebody to talk to. But you make all of this happen. Before you came along, the Break the Business podcast was me just goofing around with a microphone. It was all audio. You brought us into the streaming age. You put a lot more organization on this. You allow us to do cool graphics and uh, make everything possible. And so my gratitude goes out to you. I'm so grateful to everything that you do. You are way too accomplished and professional and talented to involve yourself with this silly little project. So what you're saying is I have to apologize to all the viewers that they now have to see you. Like they were enjoying listening and now they have to watch. That's you. right. That's right. Because that's what everybody Sorry, was clamoring everybody. for. They needed you my know? face in the world. <laughs> and now it's all your fault that they have me uh, in the visual setting. So you can direct all your, your hate mail to producer Lauren. <laughs> well, I mean, I want to give people a chance to know you for a little bit, Lauren, because uh -oh. you are you are the behind the scenes person that makes this podcast happen. But. You are super accomplished in the arts in your own right. In a lot of ways, you are an independent creator who helps other independent creators 
do their thing, get some things on the world. You have helped bring a lot of amazing independent projects into the world. This one just being one of them. And uh, do you just want to take a minute, just tell people a little bit about yourself, what you do? Aw, thanks. I feel like I need to like grab my new business cards because we actually came up with a good phrase. Now I can't remember it, but it was something about helping creators create or something. Oh, inspire and be inspired. Uh, Snap, snap, snap. I like that. Isn't it cute? Um, Yeah, I've been in the live entertainment industry for a couple of decades now, maybe a few. Um, And uh, I started as a performer and I've been tour managing and producing and uh, the pandemic forced touring into virtual world. So we do a lot of audio production and live stream and such. So uh, yeah, if anybody wants help doing anything, really, I've got a lot of things I could list off, but The most important thing is if you're a creator and you need help creating, I mean, whatever that help is, uh, I tend to be a good resource to help you come up with uh, what that next step could be. You can have a dozen options, but sometimes you just need a way to brainstorm them and figure out which one would be a good path for you and how to do that. And then a lot of the time we are uh, in a position to be able to help you do that. So that would be great. And you're, I don't know if you guys saw it. You're something of a creator's midwife or Oh, doula, okay. Right? You, I'll take it. Help you, you birth it. That's right. You, you, you help bring <laughs> creators' creations into the world. And uh, I'm just one creator of many that is uh, grateful for the work that you do. Now, staying with this theme of gratitude. Okay. I have another uh, group of people that I am very grateful for, and that's our guests Coming up in the next segment, Milwaukee-based pop-punk band Gold Steps. Got to tell you, Lauren, been falling in love with this band for the last week. Uh, they have an amazing publicist, one of my dearest friends in the whole wide world in the indie music biz, Angela Mastro Giacomo, who I still submit has like the coolest last name in the music business. But anybody that she represents, you know, is going to be darn good. And Gold Steps absolutely no exception their music videos are awesome and i've always had like a secret like pop pop punk aficionado side and gold steps really speak to it in the age of tiktok pop punk's kind of making a a nifty little resurgence right now so i love where gold steps is with this and i just want to i'm excited to be able to talk to them in the next segment learn more about what they do and uh, and really asking about their cool videos. They got some great music videos. Lauren, you're going to love it. Yeah, I get to watch them backstage now, so I'm already excited. I'm like, hi. And the whole band is here. I can see them in the virtual <laughs> green room. Normally when we have a guest, it's a guest, two guests. They brought the whole freaking band. Like from a instruments and all for the record, like I get to watch guitars and I'm ready for them. By the way, for a producer, this is going to be a nightmare for you. I love a challenge. I don't know. You know give me you're a gonna challenge. sound check this. This is going to be bizarre, <laughs> but it's going to be so, so great. And, and I'm also grateful for Gold Steps because they actually switched with the uh, guest who was going to be our guest this week, Congressman Ted Deutsch. And, and Congressman Deutsch is going to be joining us next week. I want to give people the backstory on this because, you know, not that I ever love it when a guest has to uh, postpone their interview for another week. But I would say he had a very good excuse, okay? And as as a Miamian, and you as a Miamian, Lauren, I think you're going to appreciate and be okay with his excuse. Okay, do so, tell. Congressman Ted Deutsch couldn't make it on the podcast today because today 
he is presiding over the House Judiciary Committee, uh, interviewing uh, a witness about his latest uh, legislation that he's sponsoring, the American Music Fairness Act, which we're going to talk to him about next week. But the person that is the witness at the hearing, Gloria Estefan. Oh, yeah. So, so we got we got bumped for Gloria. I, I don't know if I can fault him on that. You're right. I mean, you know, <laughs> like obviously we are the second most prominent act in entertainment in Miami, but we got bumped by the only one more prominent than us, and that's that's Gloria Stefan. I yeah, can't blame him for she's that. She's kind of royalty down here. <laughs> but yeah, but when she wants to come and be a witness before your committee for the bill that you're sponsoring, I get it. But yeah. we're going to be joining him next. Uh, he's going to be joining us next week. And I'm excited to talk to him about this piece of legislation that he's sponsoring. It's going to be one of the top pieces on our agenda when we have him before our committee next week, because <laughs> this is a pretty important law that he's trying to the bill that he's trying to make a law, the American Music Fairness Act. What he's trying to do is pretty simple. He's trying to get people who own sound recordings, which are indie creators for the most part, probably bands like Gold Steps. He's trying to get them paid when their music is played on AM, FM radio. Today, the United States is one of like two or three industrialized countries in the whole world that do not pay artists or owners of sound recordings when their music is played on the radio. The only folks who get paid when music's played on the radio are songwriters, which is, which is fine. You know, We want songwriters to get paid, but if a band like Gold Steps is making music and that music is played on AM, FM radio— they should get paid for it. They should get royalties for it. And what it would do is it would put terrestrial radio in the same place that is uh, that you get when music is played on Spotify or when music is played on satellite radio like Sirius XM or Internet radio. In all those places, the artist gets paid. The people who own the masters get paid. In terrestrial radio, no dice. And from where I'm sitting, there is no legitimate justification you you know generally i think you should pay people for their creations and what they do and so i am totally on board with what senator Deutsch or uh, congressman deutsch is doing here and uh i'm excited to talk to him about that all next week but can you believe that like just intuitively it, it doesn't make sense right if you if you are a if you're a singer on a recording or if, if you're a feature artist on a recording or you own a master you should get paid when your music's on am fm radio yeah, the whole system kind of needs to be revamped. It's uh, It was created long before the world that we're in now. And, uh, you know, when times change, the uh, rules and laws surrounding them should also change. And you know as well as anyone that it's harder to change something than it is to create it. So uh, he's got an uphill battle, but I'm glad he's willing to fight it because there aren't many people in the indie creators, uh, you know, backing them up and trying to help them out. So it's it's appreciated for sure. It's an excellent point. And I would say that as far as members of Congress go, Ted Deutsch seems to be the one that's on the forefront of sponsoring legislation that's not just pertinent to the entertainment industry and doesn't just support creators, but specifically is geared to supporting independent creators. He has sponsored a lot of legislation in the past that's specifically targeting independent creators not just the big ticket not just your taylor swift kind of creators but the you know the the middle class creators the working class creators he seems to be on their side and so i am and they're on their way up so it's a it. good side to be on you know That's as right. the tides balance out uh you you want to be on the ones coming up and i think that more and more we're seeing thank goodness our independent creators have um an equal playing field to those that are 
backed and funded by external sources. You know, they're they're coming up on their own because the whole world is kind of leveling out in that way. Without a doubt. Now, hopefully we've buttered the congressman up enough that he'll actually join we'll us see next, him next week. week. Yeah. His uh, his press secretary was so, so sweet about it, though. And, uh, you know, I, I, I she must be a secret fan of the podcast, his press secretary, because she was like she's been gunning to make this interview happen. And I'm excited to talk to him. It's going to be a great show. I was going to ask you, Lauren, before the uh, I, I think you had you had told me this, but I, I missed it. Uh, are you familiar with the game Wordle? No. And if it has anything to do with words or spelling, I'm probably terrible at it. <laughs> so you might be the only person who doesn't know about this game. So oh. Wordle is a, uh, it, it's, it's sweeping the internet. I don't know how else to describe it to you. It's a very simple internet game. I just sent you the link for it. So you can, if, if you, when you ever get a chance, okay. just pull it up and I'll show you what the game board looks like. All right. But it's a super, super simple game where you just have to guess a five letter word in six tries and to say it has taken up, oh, there it is. Good old That's Wordle. the thing. Okay. That's it. That's the whole, that little simple interface you see before you there That's has the taken thing. over the internet. Everybody is obsessed with this game. And it's like it, five boxes by what is it? Six boxes. Yes. So you have six guesses to okay. get a five, to guess a five letter word. And what's cool about Wordle is that you can only play it once per day. And everybody is playing the same game. So there's a social experience to it. And once you guess the word, you can then post on Twitter that you guessed the word and you can show people how many tries it took you. So it's, it's But then social. once you post it, doesn't everybody see the word? No, because you don't, it doesn't, you don't show the letters. You just show uh, how many letters you got right each time. Uh. And But so it's a social experience. And because you can only play once a day, like there's no risk of getting super addicted to it unless like okay. you, know, you play it and then you're kind of itching to get your next hit of Wordle, which I've done before. Like I'll sit there waiting until 12.01 so I can play again. But it's a really simple game, and the backstory behind it is really cute. Uh, okay. It was created by a software engineer named Josh Wardle. Yeah, that's where, the, you know, Wardle Wardle, that's, that's how he came up with the name for the game. He got picked on, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> Wardle created the game as a gift for uh, his partner to help her through the pandemic. Like, oh, I'm just going to engineer this cute little game to make her happy and made this nice little game for her. On November 1st, when the game launched, it had 90 players. Wow. By November 1st, it had 300,000 players. Sorry, it launched on November 1st. Two months later, January 1st, it had 300,000 players. I'm guessing today it probably has over a million people playing it each day. So That's it's called going viral for sure. It is, absol- it, is the, it is the backbone of this internet right now, and it is single-handedly getting us through the pandemic. If, <laughs> if Tiger King is what got us through like the first two months of this pandemic— <laughs> Wordle is bringing it home for us now. But here's the thing that's wild, Lord. And here's why I wanted to bring up this story okay. is the game has gotten so popular. that This really simple game that you see in front of you here was purchased by the New York Times. The New York wow. Times just bought Wordle for seven figures. Congratulations, creator. Yes. For for an indie creator, it's awesome. Yes. And so I am, yeah, this is the best case scenario for an indie creator. Now I will say a lot of the internet, there's really two camps on this, right? You have the Ryan break the business camp, my people <laughs> who are genuinely happy for this person and are like, wow, indie creator getting paid. Awesome. But then you have, I think an equally sized, if not slightly larger camp 
that does not like this, that are not because they think, you know, Wardle's a sellout or anything like that, but it's more like we had this nice little thing on the internet. It wasn't being monetized. It wasn't commercialized. It was just, it just existed and it didn't have to be part of something bigger and it didn't have to be owned by some corporation. And so now everybody's afraid that the New York times has bought this thing. They're probably going to stick it behind a paywall. And this nice little thing that now belonged to everybody's going to get owned by a newspaper. But here's what I would say to those folks. Oh, darn. Oh, by the way, I've already done the Wordle for today, so I know what the word is. But if you want to take a crack at it, you're welcome to. Of course, you do have to, like, sound check gold steps before they come in. And uh, you have to set up the audio. But if at any point you want to play Wordle, it's right there for you. But what I would say to the folks out there who are more upset about this purchase being happening than being happy for this indie creator Think about what the New York Times has really bought here, okay? Generally, games are not something that you can easily copyright. That's why, for example, you can have a game like Words with Friends online and it does, and like Spot, Scrabble can't sue you. Generally, games have very thin copyright protection. So nothing would stop anybody else from creating their own version of Wordle. And there already are Wordle knockoffs. They're all over the internet right now. I'm guessing you could probably find an 11th grade AP comp size student out there who could probably engineer this game over the weekend. It's not a complex game. So really, all the New York Times bought is a trademark. They bought the name Wordle. The name, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really all they're getting. And I guess the existing user base. But So if you're upset that you think well, this game might not be... Well, and the ability to, I guess, use it in advertisements. Because if, you know, if they want to get their name out to an audience that is a million strong that's already playing this game, they've now attached their name to the game, which has value. And indie creators yeah, you know, that, know that, that that's valuable. That community is worth something. I, I don't yeah. discount that. But for those of you who are afraid that your daily fix of being able to guess five-letter words without having to pay anything is going to disappear... Have no fear. The the Wordle knockoffs will overtake us. And if you don't want to pay for Wordle, if it ever does get behind a paywall, which I'm not necessarily saying it will, uh, you'll still be okay. So to me, this is just an unmitigated win. Yeah. I love Wordle. I love the guy who created it. And I love the guy who created it is going to get paid. Wins for indie creators. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, that's it. everyone's dream. Like, I created something I wanted to do because it was, you know, important to me. And then magically somebody comes around and hands you a million dollars. And you're like, yeah, that's how it always works. Yeah. But, you know, it's nice to know it does actually happen, at least sometimes. Uh, that's That's a great thing. And that's so much how, when I've seen indie creators find success, that's often how it is, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's. A lot of people think that success for an indie creator is just kind of like this steady climb where you slowly work towards the top of the mountain. But really, it's just year after year of grinding, zero, 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 you know, one project after another. And then one day, you make Wordle. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, that's really the, the way that indie creators grow. Like, you create a lot of projects. They don't really get a lot of traction. Maybe you get a little bit of audience here and there. But you have to keep plugging away at it because eventually you make Wordle and you get the huge uh, break and then, then it all really starts to come come full circle for you. So you step up against the wall until something sticks, but you can't like stop throwing stuff. You can't be like, that's I right. put something out there, maybe one day. It's like you got to gotta keep finding the people. I mean, even you said the first day it started with 90 people. Like yeah. that requires 
nearly 100 people that are already paying attention to what you do, that they're willing to do it on day one. And that takes some prep work. Um, you know, anybody who's out there, it doesn't magically happen. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, great story for an indie creator. Uh, and I just, I just love me some Wordle. Uh, one other story that I wanted to talk about this week before we bring in our guest, Gold Steps. Uh, I've seen them there in the green room. They just look cool, don't they, They're Lauren? just relaxing. I, yeah. I like it. They're hanging out with each they got, other. They you got know, a nice little couch there. They got their cool hoodies. We've got the people like getting impatient. They're like watching our show and waiting. They're just no, like, they, hanging out with each other. I want to hang like out with them. You guys look like you're, yeah, they look yeah. super chill. Man, yeah, that's that's <laughs> musicians are so cool. This is like I could have practiced any area of law. Like I picked the one where I get to hang out with cool people like gold right? steps. That's yeah, that was very intentional on my part. Anyway, you don't um, want to do traffic tickets? No. Oh, <laughs> oh, oftentimes a lot of my clients uh, do need uh, help with their traffic tickets. There's a significant overlap between indie creators and uh, <laughs> failure to adhere to traffic to driving, rules. Yeah. Um, so. Wanted to talk about another story before we bring in Gold Steps here uh, about the latest in the Lady Antebellum Lady A saga, the Adventures in Common Law Trademarking, which is a, a pretty wild story that I think has a very important lesson for indie creators. So for those of you who are not following this story closely, I want, I'll want i begin at the beginning. So many of you are familiar with the country band now known as Lady A. But for about 10 years or 15 years or however long they were at it, they were known as Lady Antebellum. They had some massive hits, including uh, Need You Now and uh, just that, what's that song? Uh, just a Kiss Goodnight or something like that. But there, there was a time where like there was like an 18 month stretch where they stretch where they were the biggest country band in the world, possibly just the biggest band period in the world. And they're still really successful. Come 2020, uh, 2020, I should say, but. Um, in the in amidst the uh, the Jacob uh, Jacob Blake and George Floyd and all those things, they decided that they wanted to change their name formally from Lady Antebellum to Lady A, uh, because the name Antebellum has pre Civil War connotations, uh, slavery connotations, and they didn't want to be associated with that in light of everything that's been happening in the world with the Black Lives Matter movement. On the surface, makes a lot of sense. Now. And, and many of their fans had already kind of informally referred to them as Lady A. That was kind of their nickname because people didn't want to say antebellum, long word. And, in fact, it was such a common nickname for the band, they had actually already registered the trademark in Lady A for entertainment services, things like that. So they had the registered trademark already. So come 2020, they were just like, you know what, let's just formally change our name to it. Our fans call us that anyway. The name antebellum has a kind of a crappy connotation to it. Let's change the name and we'll go forward. And they made this great pronouncement about how they were doing this because they wanted to do right by the black community and all this stuff. And everything seemed good, except they're not the only Lady A. Uh-oh. Yeah. For about 30 years, there, is a, there was a Seattle-based blues singer who also went by the name Lady A. She never registered the trademark in that name, but she had been using it for a longer time then Lady A, the country group, had their registered trademark. Mm. And so now we had a, a pretty nasty dispute. And it wound up being a PR mess for Lady Antebellum, the former Lady Antebellum, because they were purportedly doing the whole name change to do right by the black community, and then they wound up taking a black artist's name in the process. Mm -hmm. And so now you had dueling claims to this name. It created a big mess. 
it wound up finding its way to a, a lawsuit. It literally got a federal case made out of it. Wow. And and so it wound up being a, it's been a PR mess for Lady Antebellum because now they are basically throwing their legal might against this independent, uh, you know, blues musician from Seattle who's just trying to make a living who all of a sudden this big band just grabbed her name out from her and, you know, got him a lot of negative publicity. We've talked about it on the podcast in the past. And only now this week, I believe it was on Tuesday, Eric Gardner of The Hollywood Reporter reported that the case has finally been resolved. Uh, both Ooh. parties have entered a a joint motion for dismissal, so that would mean that both sides have reached a settlement. We don't know what the terms are yet, so we don't know ah. if one if if both parties are going to be allowed to use the name or if only one side is going to get to use the name. We also don't know if any money has changed hands or anything like that, but what we do know is that nobody's suing anybody anymore. <laughs> That's what we know. The annoying part is over, right? Yeah, that's right. The the most of the negative PR for the country group is hope hopefully for them is is subsiding. I've and, had some interesting thoughts on how I would like that to go, but uh who knows how it'll go. Well, I'm guessing that there there's no way that a settlement was worked out where the country group is not going to use the name anymore. Right, because like they're the ones that have the resources. So if if it's a matter of paying off that singer so that they can both use the name, or really paying off that singer so that she doesn't use the name anymore, I'm guessing that's going to be one of the possible outcomes here. It's like a a co-pitch, though. Like if if the original Lady A um, was able to gain publicity and more fans and everything else by some kind of a joint relationship with. Uh, the new Lady A, I think that, you know, that would be more beneficial to an indie artist than any name fight that could be a flash in the pan. If every time they performed, there was a, uh, you know, a, a comment about her or a kick to her, or a link to her stuff, like that would be a great kind of settlement that would, you know, either way the names go, find a way to support that indie artist with your fame and success. I mean, I don't know how you would even write that up legally, but uh, it entertains me. <laughs> well, you know, they actually had some conversations about that in the early stages of this dispute, back when everybody was a little more cordial about this. <laughs> there was some talk about maybe her doing a song with the band yeah. or, you know, some kind of collaboration. I'm guessing something soured along the way because we weren't hearing about that anymore, and they ended up in a federal courthouse. So something got, must have gotten messy here. But here's the lesson. For okay. indie creators about names that uh, if you want to avoid, you know, don't let what happened to Lady Antebellum, now Lady A, happen to you. So if you have a name for your band, for your artist, or you have a Twitch handle that you're really popularizing now, or some kind of creative name that you're using for your art, check that name now before you become really famous and make sure that's av- it's available. And that's a two-step process. No, they process. didn't do that? Because, like, if they had a trademark, and now maybe this is me being ignorant and oblivious, but, like, if they had a trademark on that, didn't they do research and see it and get awarded that trademark? So, like, they seemed like they did some kind of due so, diligence. Well, <laughs> they, oh. did half of the, uh, they did half of the project. <laughs> okay. So, it's a two-part process. One... You want to go onto the Patent and Trademark Office website and search and make sure that nobody else has the registered trademark in your goods and services industry. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be like entertainment services, sound recordings, things like that. Make sure 
nobody else has it there. And that's what Lady Antebellum did. They, right. you know, Their trademark lawyer typed in Lady A into their little computer, and they found no matches, and they said, oh, we're good to go, and they registered the trademark. But they forgot to do step two, where once you've checked for the registered trademarks, you then need to search the Internet for Who doesn't do a Google search marks. beginning? Like, I figured that was yeah. just a given. There's no, well, like, hello, ch- Google. Check Google, check Spotify, check Bandcamp, mm. check Tidal, check Reverb Nation. Look around and look for folks that might be using this name. And because if you don't do that common law search, then you, you, know, then you could have somebody who's held the mark for 30 years. And even if you register the trademark, if somebody was using it unregistered for longer, they could have superior rights to that mark and really create a mess for you. Now, trademark searches can get a little tricky, can get a little complicated. This is one of these areas where you might want to get a lawyer or a search firm to help you with this process and make sure that your brand is clear and clean before you really start trying to make a career under that name. I Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna like ask another question but then i realized that in doing that i would just extend this segment way longer because my uh civilian mind is like wait but legally wouldn't you or how would you handle i don't know it just seems like they they tried i'm impressed that there's a search firm like you can hire people to do all of this kinds of research and then do they take liability for it like if you hire a firm and it turns out that somebody comes after you do you get to like hold that firm accountable for not finding the information like i don't know there's so many levels Oh yeah you'll see indemnification provisions and the other thing that you want to do in a situation like this especially if you're a big band like lady a and i'm sure they hopefully did this is you get an insurance policy Mm. That covers against these kind of issues. But you're right. Rather than get further engrossed in a really boring legal discussion (laughs) of federal trademark law, what we really want to do is talk to Gold Step. So we're going to take the quickest of breaks around here. And on the other side of that break, we're going to have our guest. So don't go anywhere for that. Keep listening to Break the Business. Ryan Corella here. I hope you're enjoying the show and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm, RKPA, does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Corella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at the BTV Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Break the Business, everybody. Ryan Corella here, live on Facebook Live, Twitter Live, YouTube Live, and a whole bunch of other live streaming services. Oh, we almost forgot about Twitch. Twitch is a good one, too. You can also check us out on all major podcast platforms and on Sirius XM Channel 145 on Monday nights. So excited to have you wherever you are viewing or listening to us. It is a pleasure to have you joining us this week. Let's go ahead and bring out on uh, bring. Uh, let's try that again. Let's bring out our guests this week. They are members of the Milwaukee-based pop punk band Gold Steps. Last year, Alternative Press named Gold Steps one of the thirteen artists who are reclaiming the pop pop. Well, that's a hard word to say. Pop punk Ooh. music scene, and their new LP will be available in March. You can check out their new single and video for their song "Stay the Same" by visiting www.goldstepsmke.com. We are happy to welcome Eliz, Zach, Ryan, and Mike from Gold Steps here on Break the Business. Hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> we are a full house there. How are you guys doing? As we were saying, y'all looked so cool in the green room. We love just like the whole setup and the couch. I don't think we've ever had this many guests before, Lauren. This is new. definitely not on one screen for yeah. sure. Oh, sweet. Oh, it's a, but it's a treat to have you guys here. First thing I want to mention, I mentioned it in the first segment before y'all came in. Your music videos are so well done, are a delight to watch. I encourage people to check out their website so you can see these really well put together music videos, including this last one that I saw for Stay the Same, which prominently featured like one of those like little, little tykes, tricycles <laughs> things. And you were like riding it on half pipes. And I thought for sure somebody was going to break their neck. How much planning goes into setting up these music video projects? It must be a lot of pre-production. Uh, not that one. <laughs> Not that one. So most of our music videos that came before Stay the Same were very scripted, um, very focused on like this narrative that I had decided I want to go wanted to go with in my head. Um, this one we decided to kind of wing it a little bit. I mean, there was some planning involved. Like we had to make sure it was cool to shoot there and talk to the skate park, uh, Four Seasons Skate Park. And then um, we got the uh, wonderful ladies from Community and Bowls to come out and roller skate. They'd been in a music video before that was, um, so they were excited to kind of revisit and do some some exciting stuff with our video as well. Um, but other than like, you know, flying up our, uh, the featured vocalist, Nick, who we also co-write with um, and flying in our videographer and booking the location, that was pretty much the extent of the planning. Once we got there, we were just like, Okay, cool. I guess we'll set up over here. Um, I guess we'll play in the half pipe over there and the girls can just do their thing behind us and in front of us and let's just go for it. So so that one, I mean, sure, there was a little bit of planning, but much less planning than our other music videos like for Empty Space um, or uh, Sucker Punch or Firestarter. Do you have just any general advice on effective music video making like if you could go back and sort of do some of your early music videos again knowing what you know now what might you tell your past selves well in our very first music video for toughen up i would have said to not put all the brands in the video <laughs> speaking of trademarks yeah. Like, yeah hey do you guys want to like i don't know throw us 
uh, something for an ad map for our tour or something, but instead we had like Skittles and like eight different beer companies from Austin and things like that. Uh, so we just, we would have probably done that a little bit differently, but other than that, I don't think so. I'm a pretty type A person, so I like to plan things out. I usually have many, many checklists, and I also carry a, a real-life planner that, like, you write in. Like, I don't use apps. I use a paper planner with, like, different colored pens. And Yeah. <laughs> this is the secret cool. to every band's success, Lauren. You need to have the one person with the checklists. Oh, That's yeah. Murder. And the binders. <laughs> And the multicolored like pen setup or markers oh, yeah. or sharpies like you've seen Elisa roll in her uh, yeah. her whole cart of them it's yeah she's definitely that person in her band for sure <laughs> and I mean dividers too right you got to have those dividers with the tabs you know separate things you everywhere oh for sure <laughs> uh, I, I have been told that you guys are also movie buffs that you love to you 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 your nineties kids like us. Uh, you you just you probably love to hang out, just talk about movies. And uh, I, I have read that uh, one movie in particular that you have quite the affinity for, which is actually one of my favorites as well, is the the tour de force, really the masterpiece of our time, The Room, the oh. the Tommy Wiseau yes. classic. Now, Lauren, you were saying you haven't seen The Room yet. I have not. What? Oh my. God. God. I know. I have to hang out with you guys on the couch one day and we can yeah. all uh, watch it together because oh, apparently God. you won't mind watching it again. <laughs> I think we need to have yeah. We need to have a room watch party and Lauren as a as a as entertainment industry professional that you are Lauren like that movie will either make you laugh or just completely drive you crazy. <laughs> it's, it's Either way, you know, why not? It's kind of both. Yeah, I mean How would you describe the room to for Lauren? <laughs> oh, oh, how would we Okay. Um it is either an unhinged madman's pet project. Actually, that's exactly what it is. I mean, so far you're right on. <laughs> it is just, it is the best worst movie you will ever see in your life. Like, I love Rocky Horror, and Rocky Horror is, like, campy, but it kind of is on the nose campy. Like, it meant to be that way. The Room, you can't tell if the guy is in on it or if he is very serious about this film and really tr truly thinks it's this masterpiece. And it is a masterpiece in its own God train wreck of a way. Like if you haven't gone through, like once it's, it's a phase, you don't just watch the room once and forget about it. <laughs> it's a phase. Like we definitely went through like a six month phase where like, we were just like, that talking, was all like, we talked about. Oh, hi, Mark. Much like the great works of Shakespeare, like you, you spend your life studying it. And every time you, you know, watch it again, you find out something new that you like. Exactly. I mean, I think it wasn't until the third viewing of The Room that I realized that one of the actors in it is just replaced halfway through with another actor. Oh, freaking <laughs> way. We actually watched The Disaster Artist first, and that's when we were like, okay, I thought this was like its own movie, but it's a movie about the making of a movie that is just so awful we have to see this. So we actually saw the disaster artist first because we're big Seth Rogen fans, or at least I am a huge Seth Rogen fan. Yeah. Um, so that's how we got into it. And then we we're like, okay, we got to watch this movie. And then we watched it like stone sober. Wow. 
and then we've gone back and revisited it not so sober. Um, it's just it's just such an experience every time. And bringing in a new person, like I love watching it with a new person because yes. you're kind of like, mm-hmm. oh my god, like are they horrified? Do they hate me now? Do they are they going to leave and never call me again? Do they love? It's sort of like a, a multi-level marketing scheme. Like when you watch the room, it is now your obligation to find like three friends yeah. to share the room with. Chain email movies. So, and I promise we'll get to more music questions here, but since you are the room fans like that, I have to dedicate a lot of time to this masterpiece with you. Um, so a few weeks ago on the podcast, guys, we got obsessed with this TikTok account uh, named... Uh, my girl Anne, and she does this thing on TikTok where she will recite, like she will take terrible or at least not like Oscar worthy movies, and she'll introduce those movies in the same way that like people introduce movies at the Oscars, like really pompous and like way too over the top. And so uh, I'm going to play you one of the clips so you get an idea of kind of what she does. A young African woman moves to the United States and attempts to assimilate in a Midwestern school in the years leading up to the Great Economic Recession. A classic story of growing up, falling in love, and dreaming big is made poignant with a heartfelt script and performances by a fetching young ensemble cast. This is Mean Girls. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so- yeah, she does this for like a, a, a hundred for movies on TikTok. It's like my favorite TikTok account. Wait, let me see if I can uh, go ahead and close that. Um, and so like, I started getting obsessed with these and like I, I wanted to make my own uh, Oscar speeches for movies. And so I did make one for The Room and I'd like to, yes. I'd like oh, to do yeah. it for you here. Okay. So, yes. so I, know, I know The Room fans will appreciate this. Here we go. A high-powered banking executive's life collapses around him as he is caught in a web of lies, deceit, and betrayal by those he trusted the most. Watch as a first-time director courageously paints a harrowing picture of the dark side of passion and takes us on a journey to where a bizarre love triangle brings a good person to an untimely demise. It is a film that stays with you, that you will watch again and again, and that will tear you apart. (laughs) This is The Room. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, All right. Uh, I want to talk to you guys about your, your recent move. All right. Um, You guys were originally an Austin based band and then you uh, migrated over to Milwaukee. And I'm seeing this a lot more with artists like in the last, you know, 10 years or so as my legal practice has developed, you're seeing more artists, that are moving away from what we would call like the traditional music industry centers. We've had artists on this program who are really successful, who are in places like Alaska and Maine and not places where you think, oh, this is where uh, music is happening. And the reason they can do it now is because music is more digital now. Uh, It's a lot more widespread. You don't have to be in L.A., Nashville to make your career happen. And it sounds to me like you guys might be an example of that. So what inspired the move to Milwaukee? I'm from here. <laughs> oh, well, Big fans that. of cheese curds. I, yeah. I mean, cheese is I, delicious. I work for a brewery that has the best cheese curds in Milwaukee. Ooh. Shut up. Do they Podcast have fried field trip. Too? No, we don't do fried pickles, though. Mm. I love fried pickles. My wife and I love fried pickles. Oh, so yeah. good. We'll fry anything, frankly. You know. <laughs> right. You can, well, you can deep fry Milwaukee a car tire. Can... I'll eat it. 
It gets really cold out there. They uh, they sit in bars, fry stuff, and see how it goes. Like, I yeah, love being out there. Exactly. Yeah, some things are not so good fried. And we pickle a lot of things, too. Lots of pickles. <laughs> yeah. You have did, a lot of time inside. Well, did, yeah. did you find that the move has, you know, have you guys missed a beat with the move? Or are you still putting out great music? It seems like you are. Yeah, I mean, we took a break for a little bit just because moving is kind of a whole big deal. And then we were just kind of like, Zach and I, you know, we're married, so we were just kind of reestablishing like a homestead and what that meant. And then as we were kind of thinking about getting back into things, the pandemic happened. Um, but then we ended up jamming with some friends in Austin. We were visiting for a wedding, a COVID wedding, a very safe wedding. And um, we just were like, oh man, what are we waiting for? So we found this guy within like two weeks from that point. And then this guy came along right after and we've been hitting we hit the ground running ever since. Um, I I would say it is kind of weird, like coming back to things, you know, I mean, when we left the music scene for a minute, TikTok didn't exist, or at least that not that I was aware of. And now it's like the place for people to go. And I'm like, I love certain things about TikTok, like funny dog videos and like the <laughs> smash mouth, the some body wants. No, my God, I love those. Like, so good. But... <laughs> Like we're the height of art. Like, like we're so used to like we were so used to Facebook and then moved to Instagram and made that kind of our focal point. So we're trying to like step into the whole TikTok thing. But I think I'm just scared that people will think we're like not funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the Gen Zers could be so mean. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm right. I, I I I am this close, like this close to starting a TikTok account. And the only thing that is just preventing me from pulling the trigger is just my fear of being bullied by 14 year olds because right. they are vicious and they're so good at making stuff on tiktok well and yeah. there's the music side of it as well right and i mean i'm oblivious because i don't do it but like as artists you can put your music on tiktok for other people to make videos of we should like, do that. you don't necessarily have to make videos everybody's watching you could let other people do it like here's my song make a bunch of stuff and <laughs> and tiktok is breaking a lot of music in that oh, way yeah. and you know, stuff that hasn't been heard in 20, 30, 40 years is coming back again, thanks to TikTok. Like everybody now is listening to "Love, uh, Love Goes Where My Love Goes Where My Rosemary Goes." That song's probably what 50 years old, and now like the Gen Zers have brought it back uh, through TikTok and or like uh, "Dreams" by Fleetwood Mac or any of these kind of songs. It's wild. Your most successful or Smash song Mouth, All Star, exactly. One minute or less, because like people are putting out these really, really short songs now that are bringing them a lot of success. Because you can kind of add things to your repertoire that weren't there before. Because you can give people these short clips. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up, but I think yeah. that's awesome. If you're getting into the TikTok world, do it. Try anything you can. Dipping our toes in. Yeah, the, the intimidation factor of the Gen Zers is real. So, oh yeah, for sure. I feel real old. Yeah, we're cool. Um, very we're cool. We look like we're twenty. Yeah, <laughs> let's go, dudes. You still have that energy. I'll tell you that. Like you're you're hitting the ground the way that the twenty year olds are. So don't lose it. I mean, why not? And the kids love pop punk. Yeah. You know, like they're like you like what you what you're doing. They they love that kind of stuff and. I mean, friggin' uh, Simple Plan and Blink-182 are getting a whole other resurgence thanks to the young people on that platform. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, when you guys, like, make the dive into TikTok, when you finally pull that trigger, let me know. I'll, I'll jump right in there with you yeah, with, like, boring it. lawyer shit. Yeah, we're <laughs> on TikTok. We're just not good at it. Oh. Yeah. So when well, your songs are up there, 
let me know and I'll put like dog videos up to your songs. Oh, there you I'll go. Yeah. Also on there too. Yep. So. Thank you, DistroKid. <laughs> yep, DistroKid does do a TikTok distribution. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, we do want to get to your song. Uh, I, know, I know you got a little guitar there. I, I know you're going to play your uh, one of your newer songs, Love Song, a new track. Before we do, I want to ask you all one more question, though. Uh, you do one of my favorite things that artists do, especially indie creators who do this, is you have often turned your gigs into a force for good in terms of getting people to uh, help their community or embrace social causes. You guys recently did a show in your hometown that you turned into a clothing drive. Uh, tell us about that. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I wish we could take credit for that idea, but Tigera put the show on and they invited us to be a part of it. But we were really excited because that is something that we do care a lot about is our community. I mean, I, I Milwaukee is my favorite city in the whole world. And I, I we loved the opportunity to do something that brought people in for a bigger cause than just being there for a show. Um, and indeed, Brewing Company was kind enough to host it. Um, and I really think that it, it just brought people together for, for an, another another special reason. And we had a ton of donations. Um, people were bringing coats and things in all night. Um, and it, it felt really, really special. And of course, a lot of those people stuck around then. Um, so we also benefited from being able to reach new people through that. So I, maybe if it wasn't a clothing drive, who knows if, you know, people would have shown up the way they did. And I think that that just really speaks to the power that people have to come together as a community and take care of each other. Well, bless you. It's a great, it's a great way to do things like using the power of music to, you know, make your community a better place, but also a way to engage fans, to meet new fans that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to interact with because they get behind the cause. Uh, love that stuff. All right. So we got two more things on the agenda, Lauren, with gold steps here. We got the song, but we still have to get the last tip from them. Which order should we do this? I'll let you it's like, do you think we should hear the song first or like, do we want to get the advice out of them? So then all they have to do is the song. What do you think? I like asking the final question, you know, as the final piece mm. only because it just feels weird to like finish a song and then be like, peace out. Like, you know, <laughs> song, get the hell out. Out. <laughs> thank you for playing click. Very. All right. That makes sense to me. So let's, let's do that then. Uh, if, if you don't mind gold steps, we'd love to hear love song uh you know it's your you got your new upcoming track uh can't wait to hear it uh oh they got two guitars, guitars i love out. it yes all right so yeah. the fl oh, and is, oh i love those things those boxes that you, you play the drums on those are cool They're, uh, they have a cool sound yeah i love this all right so the, the floor is yours without further ado this is gold uh, steps playing love song here on break the business
Oh, my goodness. You can find out more about our guest work by visiting www.goldstepsmke.com. Liz, Zach, Ryan, and Mike, thank you guys so much for that. I that was, that was awesome. As the, what, what would the Gen Zers say? That slaps. That was a bop. That was so, so good. I, I As much as I love pop punk, I think pop punk is like sneakily at its best when it's acoustic like that. That is just fun. Oh my God. I, I'm I'm in such a good mood now. Yeah. The the comments are flying in. Everybody's as happy as we are. Uh really, really, really great stuff, guys. Uh just keep keep up the good work. All right. Before we let you go, um, what I would love to get an answer from each of you on this. Uh we always ask our guests on the program the same final question. We'll work our way. I guess my left to your right. I don't know how that's good. I don't know. Uh, well, we'll let you guys go figure out how you want to do it. But we'll ask each of you the same question. The same question. Do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward? Uh, focus on just doing what you love. Don't don't try and be something you're not. Don't try and just do what feels right and do what you love. Easy. It's going to come naturally then. Um, as far as it goes on my part, I would say stop being scared to release music and just release it already. Um, a lot of people haven't heard your music, so uh, why not just put it out there for people to hear, get get the buzz going, and you know keep creating. I really like that, but I'm going to go with the typical type A person answer and say, be organized! <laughs> Use all the gel pens in the world. Get yourself a thousand post-it notes. Yes. Be a crazy, psycho, controlling... No, I'm just kidding. Don't be controlling. But seriously, like, have your things together and have a really clear idea of what it is you want to accomplish and, and make little deadlines. And, oh, my God, I'm I'm so... Just be organized, friends. <laughs> Nothing is more punk than meticulousness. Yes. And there's a difference between... You're controlling and in control. And so I like, I like that. that. Mm. I need that on a t-shirt. Anyway. All right, let's bring it home. One more tip. All right. Uh, I'd say I'm eternally optimistic. Uh, don't be afraid. You know, I, it kind of comes off of what you guys said, but you ultimately want to be a musician, right? So don't be afraid to put something out if you don't feel that the world is ready for it. You know, if you feel passionate about it, throw it out there. You know, someone's bound to love it somewhere. Sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to quote the great Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> if Tommy it. Wiseau wasn't afraid to share his art with the world, right. then where right. would we be? Then what where are you, you waiting for? Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Oh my God. Yeah. I have to watch that movie again. It's now I need to watch it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> We're officially watching the room. Is there a pet? There's yeah. a puppy. Or, 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 yeah. What? Okay, there's a so puppy? Get that dog in here. there's an animal, I'm like, where is it? Yeah. Come here, baby Come girl. Come here. Sorry. She no. We have a standing rule on this program. Yeah. If the guest ever has a pet, they have to bring She's also our meanie model. I was, sen- I was sensing that, and I was like, there's a, there's a pet somewhere. Are you oh, is, it, is the dog camera shy? Camera shy. She's got bad hips. So she... oh, oh, now I feel like a jerk. Oh, all right. Now, all right. 
We're going to stay here as long as it takes. I don't care if we go over time on the radio show. We need the payoff of this dog. He's going to go get the dog. He's going to this. Hold on. There we go. Oh, look at that baby. It's cold outside. What's the dog's name? Her name's Katie. Katie, Hi, Katie. Oh, Katie's got a little hoodie. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that was worth derailing the radio show for. for sure. Thank you guys so much for being on the program this week. Seriously, don't be strangers. All right, this was so much fun. You come on anytime you want. Thank you oh, so awesome. much. Yeah, we'll be there. Thanks for having us. And All let right, us know when you, you uh, put your songs up on TikTok so we yeah, can uh, send well, some stuff out for you. Absolutely. Oh, we'll do a room Gold Steps mashup. That's it's Love what it. the people want. I think That's so. what these I, people no, want. Nobody's directly asked me for it, but I can tell they're just afraid to ask. Yeah, you know how to read the marketplace. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All well, right, thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Thank That's you gold. guys. It's Gold Thanks, Steps, guys. everybody. Again, you can find out more about their work by visiting goldstepsmke.com. Uh, what a what a treat they were, Lauren. That was a blast, huh? That was absolutely a blast. Thank you for introducing me to them. They're a lot of fun. I'm going to be sitting up watching all the music videos that uh, you watched. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're a blast, every single one. Oh, that's the first time I've heard them acoustic. You know, all the videos I saw, they were studio performances. You know. I listened to some songs, but yeah, I, I like the acoustic sound. I kind of, as weird as it sounds like, I hope they release those kinds of things, too, because I, I liked it The stripped down, unplugged stuff is cool. Yeah. Well, because you know what it is? I'm a sucker for whatever that box instrument is where you're just like <laughs> whacking the box, it's probably just called a box, but I love that instrument. And, you know, you get a couple of guitars and one of those little boxes and you're just at like a house party or something. You got yourself a good time. Props time. to percussion in general. Like he had the egg shaker out. He there did. was like some tambourining in there. I was like, yes, the, the make man it was, look seamless. The man was multifaceted. We appreciate that. Our, our thanks to Gold Steps. My thanks to you, Lauren, not forgetting about you this week. And you too, sir. You put a lot of work into this show in all 300 episodes. <laughs> Way too many episodes. <laughs> Join us next week, we hope, for our guest, Congressman Ted Deutsch. Thanks for checking out Break the Business. We will see you next week.